welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the second Sunday in Advent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, may no earthly undertaking hinder those who set out in haste to meet your Son. But may our learning of heavenly wisdom gain us admittance to his company, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Console my people, console them, says your God. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem and call to her that her time of service is ended that her sin is atoned for that she has received from the hand of the Lord, double punishment for all her crimes. A voice cries, prepare in the wilderness a way for the Lord. Make a straight highway for our God across the desert. Let every valley be filled in, every mountain and hill be laid low. Let every cliff become a plain and the ridges a valley. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all mankind shall see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up on a high mountain, joyful messenger to Zion. Shout with a loud voice, a joyful messenger to Jerusalem. Shout without fear, says to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. Here is the Lord coming with power, his arm subduing all things to him. The prize of his victory is with him. His trophies all go before him. He is like a shepherd feeding his flock gathering lambs in his arms, holding them against his breast, and leading to their rest the mother ewes. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. I will hear what the Lord God has to say, a voice that speaks of peace, peace for his people. His help is near for those who fear him, and his glory will dwell in our land. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Mercy and faithfulness have met. Justice and peace have embraced. Faithfulness shall spring from the earth, and justice look down from heaven. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. The Lord will make us prosper, and our earth shall yield its fruit. Justice shall march before him, and peace shall follow his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. A reading from the second letter of St. Peter. There is one thing, my friends, that you must never forget, that with the Lord a day can mean a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not being slow to carry out his promises, as anybody else might be called slow, But he is being patient with you all, wanting nobody to be lost and everybody to be brought to change his ways. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. With a roar, the sky will vanish, the elements will catch fire and fall apart. The earth and all that it contains will be burnt up. Since everything is coming to an end like this, you should be living holy and saintly lives while you wait and long for the day of God to come. When the sky will dissolve in flames, and the elements melt in the heat. What we are waiting for is what he promised, the new heavens and the new earth, 
the place where righteousness will be at home. So then, my friends, while you are waiting, do your best to live lives without spot or stain, so that he will find you at peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. All people shall see the salvation of God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah. Look, I am going to send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord. Make his paths straight. And so it was that John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. All Judea and all the people of Jerusalem made their way to him, and as they were baptised by him in the river Jordan, they confessed their sins. John wore a garment of camel skin, and he lived on locusts and wild honey. In the course of his preaching he said, Someone is following me, someone who is more powerful than I am and I am not fit to kneel down and undo the strap of his sandals. I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Have a listen again to how simply the Gospel of Mark begins. Listen to this. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ the Son of God. It sure packs a punch with very few words. This one short sentence reveals an amazing reality. A human being with a human name, Jesus, is at the same time called the Son of God. Just let that wash over you for a second. Jesus fully shares with us human nature but at the same time also shares divine nature. Now, it seems to me that it can be a bit too easy to grow comfortable with the reality of the Incarnation. Perhaps we can allow ourselves to grow too familiar with the idea of Jesus as God, yet the ease we have with Jesus being fully God and fully man doesn't come about because we've come to terms with this reality. It's because we've grown comfortable with it not dealing with the boldness of that claim. Think about it. God himself, the creator of the universe, the word through whom all things were made, he enters into what he has made. The creator comes into his creation. All of a sudden, God interrupts the pattern of history to break into the universe and to take for himself human nature. This is something radical. This is something brand new. It's good news. So Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the perfect communion of humanity and divinity. And he's truly a new beginning, a new Adam, who will bring forth a humanity raised to new life. The appearance of God-made man in history reveals the mission with which he has been entrusted. He's come 
in order to share his divine life with us. He's come in order to draw us into himself so that we may participate in God's life. And what kind of life does God have? Eternal life. The Son of God has come so that we too, sharing in that kind of life, in God's kind of life, that we might also share in his sonship, so that we too might call God our Father. In other words, he's come in order to regenerate our humanity and to raise us to a new pitch of existence, a life in the Holy Spirit. So, says John the Baptist, someone is following me, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I have baptized with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. What he will immerse you in is God's kind of life, the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, the Son of God, is the good news because he renews the true core of the human person. He renews our heart. In this short little passage, a great mystery is revealed, a mystery that takes in the whole Trinity. Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God, and he has come in order to share his kind of life with us. In giving us the Holy Spirit, we are made sons in the Son, and we now dare to call God our Father. And so now we are entirely different. You know, in uh, his work, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis calls this the good infection. That God's kind of life comes into us. Listen to this. He says this. Now, the whole offer which Christianity makes is this. That we can, if we let God have his way, come to share in the life of Christ. If we do, we shall then be sharing a life which was begotten, not made which always has existed and always will exist, Christ is the Son of God. If we share in this kind of life, we shall be sons of God. We shall love the Father as he does, and the Holy Spirit will arise in us. He came to this world and became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life he has. By what I call good infection. Every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. No wonder John the Baptist says, look, the one coming after me is far greater than I am. You know, I just baptize you with water. I just invite you to enter into repentance. I just ask you to confess your sins. The one who's coming after me, he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That repentance which John the Baptist invites is us turning towards God and turning away from our own selfish and sinful habits. But Jesus baptizing with the Holy Spirit is the coming of God upon us. It's not us turning towards him, it's him coming upon us and giving us a whole new life. And so the mission of Jesus here isn't just about, you know, getting us to kick some bad habits or getting us to straighten up. No, it's a whole new creation. We're made new from the inside out. And there's a lovely little phrase that Lewis uses, you know, in that little passage I just quoted. He says, like, this is what God will do if you let him. 
He'll come and accomplish for you what you can't do for yourself, which is give yourself new life. All right, fine, we come with our repentance, but it's Christ who gives us this new life. And I think that becomes a good little entry point then for understanding that other famous phrase of John the Baptist, to prepare a way for the Lord to make straight his paths. You know, I I think usually... We, we tend to turn to our own interiority and consider that, you know, we need to remove the obstacles that lie between us and God. You know, we need to straighten ourselves out a little. And, you know, while that's true, it's not primary. It's a consequence of something else that comes first. John the Baptist invites us to make straight the way of the Lord. It's his path that we're called to straighten. So what does it mean to prepare a way for the Lord? Well, um, the word prepare has its root in the Latin word parare, which means to come forth or to be visible. That's where we get the word appear, right? So to prepare then means to make ready in order to come forth, in order to appear. The word prepare speaks of an encounter of looking to the Lord, of turning away from the preoccupations of our own way and of looking toward to prepare the way of the Lord, to look towards his coming. It's being made visible. He is appearing. So we need to take our eye off our own projects and look towards his. We need to take the focus from our own way and turn towards his. John the Baptist tells us that we need to make straight his way. And the implication is that his way is not yet straight, that we set up bends and obstacles to the way of the Lord, to his coming, to his arrival, his advent. We have a tendency, I think, um, to domesticate God, to shape the way of the Lord according to our own expectations, our needs, our desires. Of course he's going to fit the pattern that I've created. Of course God fits into the box that I've made. You know, we have a tendency to predetermine who God is and what he brings. And so we expect the Lord to walk along our curvy path instead of preparing ourselves to walk his. And this tendency locks us within our own narrow horizons. And, I mean, let's face it, it constrains us to our own mediocrity. And so John the Baptist can. And so John the Baptist comes to announce the advent, the coming of the Lord. He enters into history and we're invited to make his path straight. You know, John calls us to repent, to turn away from our own preoccupations, our own expectations. He invites us to put aside the conditions that we place on the Lord's coming and to receive the master as he is and to allow the master to do what he has come to accomplish. Because the fact is, He's come to do something for us and within us, which is so far beyond what we can possibly conceive of our own, that if we limited God to our estimation and our imagination, gee, we'd be selling him short. We're often afraid to let go of control and allow God to enter unconditionally. The curves and obstacles that we place in order to keep God at a distance They help us to quiet our fears. And to this, 
John the Baptist says, Stop manipulating the way of the Lord. Stop domesticating God according to your own categories. Stop setting limits to how far we will receive the gospel. Stop justifying mediocrity. Prepare the way of the Lord. Don't expect the Lord to walk your way. Look towards His. This is the path of new life. This is the way of the good infection. Thanks for praying with us. And may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.